Welcome to the Run Lift Mom podcast, where we're talking about running, lifting, and momming, not necessarily in that order. Today, I have with me Mary Whitlock, aka the Crunchy Crusader. I have long known I wanted to do an episode on nutrition, but real talk, you guys, I wanted it to be with an expert you could relate to. That's why I have Mary here. Mary takes a whole food, holistic nutrition approach, and she's going to walk us through pregnancy, motherhood, and even the things that she does to get her kids on board with healthy eating. So without further ado, here's Mary Whitlock, aka the Crunchy Crusader. All right. So Mary, welcome to the Run Lift Mom podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. We are both in our carpeted closets. This is very classy. <laughs> I first want you to walk me through um, your motherhood journey, but will you do it from a wellness perspective? Yes. Yeah, so thank you, first of all, for having me, Susie. I'm so excited. Um, so yeah, so motherhood, my well, like it's, it's been a journey. Um, and I wasn't always into the wellness kind of, you know, looking, um, or the wellness field, I guess I should say. Um, and I really got more into focusing on that, um, really with my second child. Um, when I actually started having some health struggles after I had had her, um, myself. And so that really made me start to begin to focus on um, nutrition and um, and and specifically, um, I've always been that uh, that you know workout junkie and someone who has always been very active, um, and so that wasn't really a thing. I actually at one point was too active and kind of you know um, uh, drove myself into burnout. Um, no, really remind me. I mean, when we first met, I want to say like. I knew that you were into fitness and you knew I was into running. Um, and we went to your house and mm -hmm. like the first room in your beautiful house you showed me was your garage gym. <laughs> so guys, that's the kind of woman we're dealing with. Remind me how old you were with your second child. So at this point, oh gosh, so, um, I was, gosh, I think I had her Abby when I was 23. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I was 23 and you know, so for me, it was always, finding a way how I could, when it came to the activity before the nutrition part. And for me, I was always active. So I was always finding a way, whether that was bringing, you know, the, the, um, car seat to a spin class or, you know, aerobics class or whatever. Cause I've done all of it. I've done the, um, the different classes. And so I was doing that from the get go. Cause when I actually first had Aiden, um, John was deployed and he did a 16 month deployment. So I was keeping, you know, up with, I know that, you know, keeping active and stuff is really important. So although nutrition wise, I wasn't really doing much, I was always active. Um, and so I was always bringing, um, the kids with me always, you know, we had the, the, the baby carrier. So, um, on the, uh, bicycle. So, you know, going biking, jogging, stroller, all that kind of stuff. I'm sure, you know, you understand. Um, but I'm always finding ways. Listeners can relate as well though, because yeah. this is the Run Lift Mom podcast. And, you know, and I've had a chance to speak with listeners of this show. Mary, we've got a lot of folks who are into the exercise part. They can mm -hmm. juggle motherhood with exercise. It's the nutrition, like it's the nutrition. Yeah. And we hear coaches tell us, oh, you can't out-exercise a bad diet. Uh, but it's right. like 
at the end of your second pregnancy, you were beginning to experience that firsthand. Yeah, the beginning of my second pregnancy, um, and then really the um, let the light bulb went on. You know, CrossFit actually was what really introduced me um, when I was pregnant with right before I got pregnant with my third. So I had my second and that's when I actually was introduced to CrossFit um, and, you know, all the stuff with the paleo and all that. So um, that's actually what really started it after I had my second and it was right before I got pregnant with my third. And so um, I really started focusing, you know, on just real food in general. Um, and what I felt really is the biggest thing for me is um, I have done um, I've done the, you know, tracking things and, um, doing different, you know, different methods of, um, I guess you could call it diets or adding in things or not or whatever, but really sustainable, sustainability, um, what's sustainable when it comes to nutrition and motherhood, I feel like is, I feel like a lot of that is, really, really, really difficult and can make you go so crazy, especially if you have more than one kid. I think it can be attainable if you have one, maybe two children. But um, I think for me and nutrition wise, really focusing on just real food. And that has been really what this, you know, the foundation has been for me um, and, and the children. Um, I like, so I know that I've brought the right nutrition professional on when you hesitate to use the word diet. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, and, and I've often, you know, um, I will link to your blog in the show notes, but people will see that for you, it's more about nourishing your body mm-hmm. and your family. And that's probably why you <laughs> hesitate to use the word diet. I want to back up for a second, mm-hmm. maybe for those who haven't been in CrossFit circles for a decade, like we have, um, paleo basically well, Mary, would you do the honor of telling us generally, okay, there yeah. are paleonists <laughs> out there that will debate every point of this. Give the general listener who is not familiar with a paleo style of nourishment exactly what that is. Yeah. So the paleo is really based on like ancestral, um, you know, ancestral uh, nutrition and everything. So it's really what they would say our ancestors, which it's really hard to pinpoint exactly what that is. Um, but you know, it's the, it's really, it's the vegetables, the fruits, um, meat, uh, fish, uh, nuts, seeds, and really not anything else. You know, it, it, it true paleo is going to be, you know, not even dairy. Um, but then when you go into the primal, you're going to be adding in, um, dairy and, um, you know, you have eggs in there of course too, but you know, so if you're on a paleo, uh, type diet, you're not going to be eating bread. You're not going to be eating, um, all the stuff that we would think, you know, in the boxes. And so that's why it can be really great to, I feel like it's a really great foundation. Um, and, um, and when I, I wanted to go back to you to also really mention that, um, you know, sometimes I do hesitate with the diet because I did suffer from a really bad eating disorder as a teenager. Um, and so, Paleo actually helped me get out of that because I was scared for a very long time to eat meat and eat fat. Um, and so that actually, even like, though I eliminated certain things, weight, is that why? Yeah. You- yeah. You know, I was in the, 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 the fat free like craze and everything. So yeah, like eating lots of sugar, which seems crazy. Right. Um, 
but, um, but yeah, I feel like it can be a really great foundation for people, um, to start out with. But I also feel like the more that I have learned and, you know, from my own experiences, um, is that and evolved over time is that everybody is so different. And, um, and so, you know, what, what works for one person may not work for somebody else. And so it's, Having paleo, something like paleo is a great foundation, but I don't like people getting stuck in something like that. And I was for a very, very, very long time. Um, but I think it's really great to kind of be more intuitive with yourself. Um, and that's kind of where I've kind of evolved into is knowing that depending on what your activity level is, your stress level, what's going through in your life, like you could be able to eat something at one point. And then all of a sudden, you know, a lot of people even experience this during pregnancy or postpartum that all of a sudden they can't have that. And, um, you know, we're just constantly evolving and stress can take a huge toll on, you know, things like our gut and our gut health. And then we can develop certain sensitivities. Um, and so I really like people to be open and that's kind of what my, um, wellness journey has been. And also with other you know, especially moms to really not be stuck in like one thing, because I feel like when you get into that, then that just puts more stress on you. And to realize like, you might be able to eat one thing and then it's okay if that's not working for you, or if you're eating a certain way. And then all of a sudden, you know, if you do have goals to lose weight and you're not like, you know, just realize that maybe you just need to switch things up or, um, And so I think that's really, really important. Good. So what I hear you saying is for you, as we're describing your wellness journey, Mm -hmm. you're not, you're not telling everybody they have to take the same road you did. You're saying for you, it was important to start with that real food foundation. So, um, Primer the grocery store. When I was a health coach, I used to tell people, uh, if it came from the ground or had a mama, um, that, that then it's fair game. Um, or you'll hear some people say like jerf, just eat real food. So you're mm-hmm. saying that kind of gave you a foundation, but I love, especially in the lens of motherhood, which is what this episode is about, that everybody's circumstances are going to be different in terms of their lifestyle and their activity and even their stress levels. Hello mamas. Right. Um, so great. So Okay, so you, your personal journey, of course, helped you in addition to your formal education, holistic mm-hmm. nutrition. Obviously, I have you on the line because you're gold standard for, for nutrition. Can you talk to me? Say, I, say it's 2013. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm a new mom. I have just had my first child. I fell off the wagon, Mary, during this pregnancy. Um, what, what advice would you give me in terms of a nutrition approach? Like if I could only make one change to kind of get rolling on my own path, what would you recommend? Gosh. Um, so if it like coming from nutrition specifically, Mm -hmm. I would say the sugar is a big one. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're talking, if you're specifically talking about like a food or, you know, food group or whatever, I, I would say, you know, sugary stuff because that can be in so many things and that can give you the sugar rush and then like your, you know, sugar high, but then you crash. And it's like also feeds into tons and tons and tons of cravings. Um, and it's going to strip you from nutrients, you know, that you need. Um, so if, if, if you're asking from that, is that the standpoint? Yeah. yeah, And I'll ask you, 
I'll ask yeah. you maybe another uh, yeah. wellness because I, I know people are digging this, but I like what you're saying. You're yeah. saying if you just focus on sugar, mm-hmm. you're also going to take care of cravings, feelings of fatigue, um, mm-hmm. nutrient deficiencies. You're mm-hmm. going to take care of a lot of different things by right. just focusing on that one. And your immune system, you know, because I know you know that, the you know, sugar um, decreases your immune system. So I just feel like that's one thing. I mean, there is so much, but a lot of people would say maybe encourage folks to read labels or just to stay like, you know what I mean? If I'm starting at ground zero and I'm like, okay, Mary, I'll buy in, I'll try to eliminate, you know, the, the sugar. Um, how would you recommend I go about that? Yeah. Well, um, you know, the one thing is I would say drink just drink water for one if because a lot of people are probably even if it's diet soda like consider that as a sugar i would say um and i know that's hard but you know put lemon in your water um you know things just just drink water so <laughs> you know, like because that's probably, that yeah that's going to eliminate a lot calories. you know there are so many people who were drinking a lot more than they think and i'm sure you have that experience too um and even two or three sodas packs so much sugar. Um, and then, you know, this podcast will remember, um, it's called transformation through weight loss and it's with Chris Keenan and she's my gal that lost a hundred pounds and then kept it off. Mm -hmm. And she talked about, she knew nothing about nutrition. She's a health professional now knew nothing about nutrition, but the first thing that she did was stop drinking sweet tea and soda. Yeah. That's how a lot of her initial weight came off. And by then she had some momentum going that felt good and she right. did a little more nitty gritty, but it was just in like, you're talking about soda calories and sugar um, yeah. alone. Yeah. There's so much more, but you know, it's, it can be so overwhelming when you're mm-hmm. first starting off. So I definitely think that's one that just eliminating that you're going to feel so much better. I love it. I love it. So by focusing on that one thing, we're taking care mm-hmm of a lot of health concerns. Um, so of course I made you go down a nutrition rabbit hole cause I know what you're good at, <laughs> but, um, would you give any other wellness or just general, um, general advice from a health perspective to a new mom? Yeah. The one thing I would really say wellness wise is, um, one is you got to pr- prioritize yourself. Um, and this can be so difficult for, a mom. Um, it took me three kids to do this. And when I mean that, I mean, you know, don't get, it's so hard to think um, with, there's that dogma around you become a mom and that's what your job is, you know, and the kids come first. And of course they do, but you have to come first too. If you don't come first, um, you're not going to be a good mom. And you're, you know, there's a lot of things that can come with that, whether it's, you know, becoming depressed and, you know, feeling like you've lost yourself, um, feeling isolated. Um, so, and, and, and there's so many different ways, you know, we're all, we all have different, um, budgets with what we can do when it comes to self-care, but when, you know, and self-care, it can be having a girl's night, you know, scheduled once a week or, um, you know, you know, making sure you get your, if you love having, getting your hair done, make sure you get your hair done. Um, but that, you know, it sounds kind of weird, but mentally that can be huge. Um, and, and, and we lose ourselves as new moms and 
and allowing yourself that time and and taking care of yourself. It's so, so important. And I, I can tell you just firsthand from my experience that I was that mom who didn't do that at the beginning. Um, yes, I worked out. Yes, I, you know, nutrition, um, I was focused on that. But the other things that can really mentally fulfill you um, is so important when it comes from a wellness aspect. You know, and I think about I mean, for me, I've experienced this mm-hmm. <laughs> when I'm not doing things for myself. Um, that's why like the running, yes, it's a form of self-care to me. Um, people poke fun at me for loving the bachelor so much, but guess what? That's something social I do with my friends and it becomes yeah. a form of self-care when I'm not doing those things. And I'm going to make a full circle back to your recommendation about cutting out the sugar. I try to eat my feelings. I'm real, really good at eating my feelings. And guess what? When I want to eat my feelings, I don't want carrots and avocado. Like, you know what I mean? I want cookies and cake and sugary Mm -hmm. packaged sweets. It's straight up. So um, I I love that point that you make. And for me personally, again, I think that's a bullseye recommendation about paying attention to sugar. But then also it goes hand in hand with the self-care because then you're Mm -hmm. not trying to eat those feelings. Exactly. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And I've had the exact same experiences. So yeah. Awesome. Actually, if someone hasn't had that, if you have never eaten your feelings before, <laughs> unsubscribe from this podcast right now. <laughs> I, I, you're, my people know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I think we've all been there. Okay. So. Can I add one? Can I add one quick thing in there too, Susan? You know I also wanted to say quickly is I really think it's important for new moms not to compare their journey over mm-hmm. anyone else's. And I see this all the time. I've done it. I still do it sometimes. And it leads you down a really toxic rabbit hole as well. Um, it's your journey, whether that, you know, the losing weight, whatever it is, don't compare yourself um, to other moms because it's, it, it can become really toxic and it's your own journey. And I think that's really, 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 really important. I wish someone had told me that when I was a new mom. Yeah. I, you know, Mary, you know that I'm going to promote this on Instagram. That's kind of where I hang virtually. Um, I will tell other people right now, um, Instagram's going to give you <laughs> Like it's going to make the world seem smaller in a cool way. That's why it's like a fun place to go, but it's going to show you the things that you're showing the world, like right back to you. It's going to make those circles seem small. So mom, Mm -hmm. if it looks like everybody else has a perfectly dressed kid and a beautiful clean house and they're doing all these fun things with their kids, that's because that's what you're spitting out there. And let me tell you, if you go up to the upper right hand corner, there are three little dots. You can mute story and feed. And you can just Mm -hmm. take a break and change up your feed. There's nothing wrong with other moms showing off their kids. That's fun to see. But when you're a new mom, I agree with you, Mary. You don't need to see that garbage. It's not garbage. Okay, (laughs) wrong words. But um, mute that noise. Mute that noise. Get yourself in your right place. Run your own race. And then you can check in on those people later. Exactly. I ran over soapbox. (laughs) Okay. So I've got a wellness and nutrition expert here. I have to also ask, like, I know my listeners at this point, I've been at this for a couple of months. Um, I know that I've got a lot of new moms. So we just covered those bases. I also know that I have people that are dipping their toe back into health and fitness or they're Mm -hmm. brand new to health and fitness. So can you give me some advice for those folks? 
Right. So, you know, dipping back in, um, if you've already been there, think about the things that you've already done. Um, I think that's really important because we forget that. And if you've ever attained, you know, if you've ever had success with something, you can have that success again. Um, or maybe you haven't had the success, but like you've started to do something, think about what was working before. And it doesn't mean it's going to work now, but it also will give you the tools kind of, and the motivation to realize, okay, I did this, or whether it's, you used to be, you know, go to the gym five days a week. Um, you know that you are capable of doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's really important. One is to dig into um, what you were doing and what was working before. And may I, can I give a personal example? Yeah. 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 Remind me. So look, <laughs> real talk. Um, I am, I have a race in a few weeks. I am not race weight right now. I have about three to four pounds, probably more like four, if I'm being honest to drop. And on somebody who's five, three, like that, that's a lot when you're talking about running marathons. Yeah. Um, and so what I've started to do now is track my food. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm a health professional with a master's degree. (laughs) Um, yes, I am tracking my food. I'm writing down every single morsel that goes in my mouth because to your point, Mary, that has worked for me in Mm -hmm. the past. I know it has worked. And you know what else? Sometimes I will do this when I get off the rocker. So I, I try to stay in the word. I try to read my Bible every day. If I notice that habit is like, I'm getting slack on it. I will then write down in my, in my good old planner where I write everything, I will write down what verses I studied and what takeaways I have because writing it down for just a little bit until I get back in the habit always gets me right back on track. It's where I've had success before. So thank Mm -hmm. you for allowing me to give a personal example and you guys hold me accountable to (laughs) shedding this weight. Yeah, I would, um, the second thing, you know, too, I would say is grab, you know, some, find somebody who can, you know, friend or someone who can be an accountability partner, um, or, you and just motivate you because uh, that can be really important or get, you know, maybe you're not such a attending a class person or yoga or whatever, but maybe sometimes finding something like an actual, you know, Pilates studio or, I know you do run club, finding something, and maybe that's not what, you know, you're going to actually end up doing, but it's going to get you out there. It's going to get you in a habit of like waking up earlier or getting out. And then you can kind of transition and figure out, okay, what am I going to, you know, I'm not really liking this, but I'm already doing something. So let's just change to doing something else and find a buddy or something too. And, you know, like doing a run club, doing classes. When I say that it like you're paying for something, you have people there who, you know, who, um, can be accountability partners who can, you know, know that you're coming or sign up for personal training. Um, even if you have a background, because it's, keeps you accountable. And so doing that and starting those habits can be, and I know, you know, too, you know, too well, Susie, and you are always like sharing about getting those habits started, but that can be the the hardest part. And then once you're there, it's so much easier to kind of switch things up because you've already, you already have that foundation. So that would be another, another, um, tip I would give. I love that. An accountability partner or some sort of group to keep you honest Mm -hmm. while you are establishing that habit. Fantastic. I love it. 
Talk to me a little bit, Mary. So obviously, I mean, look, we're the bulk of this podcast in um, and people can hear, whoa, you are super well versed in not only behavioral health, but also nutrition and your path, right, has been kind of self earned. <laughs> Tell me how you spend your days. I mean, I know you don't just, um, you know, make healthy food for your kids all day. So tell me um, what you do. Uh, profession- I say professionally, but I know that it's been a passion project term professional for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I've really, um, my days are spent pretty craziness actually, you know, running around and everything with the kids. Um, but I've, um, I've gotten involved with a, a company called Beauty Counter, which is um, a clean beauty company. Um, and so that kind of just really fit really well into um, what I was doing when it came to, you know, non-toxic living and wellness and, you know, nutrition. It's just, you know, the whole wellness um, bubble or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, Biden was just right sitting here. So, um, so yeah, so... It, adding that. So I just incorporate that into my, um, my day because, um, it's, you know, like you do in Zaya, it's something that I can do, um, as a stay at home mom in different pockets of the day. If, um, during the move, when we moved back from Italy to Colorado, it was just, um, I was able to take a little time off. And so, you know, it's nice doing that. Um, I, with my blog, um, I, it's kind of taken a little side, you know, um, put off to the side a little bit. Um, but I love that I can, you know, go full speed when I want to, which I was doing actually before we moved to Italy, um, and adding in recipes and different things. Um, but I am very active on Instagram too. So I do, if I'm not posting, um, recipes on my blog, a lot of times I'm sharing a lot of, um, things that I'm cooking for the kids or that I've made, on there as well. So, um, I love with your blog, one of the things I really like, and again, we'll link it in the show notes, but I like that you say where you got everything because real talk, Mary, sometimes you're using ingredients that I'm like, what is she talking about? I've never even heard of this, but you do a great job of linking and telling us specific brands that are good, um, Mm -hmm. for, for what you're achieving in that recipe. And that's really helpful. And even you'll give substitutes. It's really good for somebody like me who, for the most part, sometimes I'm thrive doing the thrive market online, but for the most part, like I'm doing Walmart grocery pickup, but with, with your blog, I can find those things, uh, because you link them. Yeah. I, it's hard for me sometimes to remember that it was a journey of my own to figure out all this stuff, you know, like I didn't just all of a sudden now I can kind of throw in all the ingredients in like a grain-free pancake or whatever. And I'm good to go because I can kind of eyeball it and I know the ingredients and how they're going to be. And, but it's like, it's not like that for other people, especially if you're getting started. And so, um, I, yeah, I try to do that to make it helpful because, um, I know that it was really helpful for me when I was just getting started in those kind of things. And just to let y'all know where Mary is now, um, when we were doing the sound check, I asked her what she had for breakfast and she was like, oh, I had oatmeal and you know, I put some good stuff on there. Now I, good stuff to me is like, oh, like she put like some, I don't know, some nuts and fruit or maybe brown sugar, collagen. (laughs) That was your like good stuff. Yeah, um, try to add collagen to everything. Yeah, to to be fair. um, Again, that's why for the holistic nutrition episode. Mm -hmm. That's why you're here. <laughs> and my kids ate that oatmeal too. So they can't, they didn't taste the collagen, but it's a great way Love for it. me to 
get it in there for them. So, so. let me, and actually maybe that's the last kind of place mm -hmm. I want to explore. Um, how do you get your kids on board to this, I say mm -hmm. this way of eating, to a real foods style of nourishing? Okay, so... <laughs> I will just say it is much easier when they're older. Um, I do want to put it out there that I have a teenager and with the older ones, they're rebellious and they, you know, if you are a mom and you're, you have older kids, don't feel like a failure if they won't eat some of the food. Um, because, um, I've done all of it when they were younger, but it is, if you have younger kids, it's so essential for one, get them in the kitchen, um, cook with them. Um, I think it's really important. Um, we try not to, especially with my eating disorder past, I try not to label foods as good or bad. And mm -hmm. at the beginning, I was not very good at that, you know, and I've really been more mindful of that because I think that can be not so great. What language do you use? So I try to really have them focus on how is your body feeling? Um, you know, when you eat certain foods, like if you're eating a bunch of sugar, how are you feeling versus, you know, when you're eating this food? Um, and so, and that can be sometimes hard, but the longer they eat certain foods, they can really, just like us, if you have, if you're gluten insensitive and maybe you don't realize you have extra swelling or extra weight on yourself when you're constantly eating that food, but then when you take it out, all of a sudden, like, you're like, oh, wow, my joints don't hurt or, you know, whatever. It can take time not having certain foods. So really having them be mindful of that and focus on that and, um, and also about nourishing your body. This is going to, I have athletes, so that also can be, um, you know, really good for me to link that or connect that, that, you know, th this food is going to help you be more successful in your sport and you're going to have more energy and you are going to, um, you know, be able to uh, put on more muscle, whatever it is versus, eating this that's just like, you know, endless calories, empty calories wow. with no nutrition. I've got three three-year-olds and a five-year-old. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we tell them, like, we don't necessarily say, oh, that's a bad food. Yeah. But for the good foods, if it came from the ground or had a mama, mm -hmm. they yeah. know, we call it the foods that make them big and strong. So right, they know right. the foods that will make them big and strong. So like if I give them a pear for snack, they'll say, oh, this will make me big and strong. Mm -hmm. They know that the meat on their plate is going to make them big and strong. The cashews on the side, big and strong. Is that language okay? I, no, I think that's perfect. I think, you know, especially when they're little and that's what I tell Ava too. I'm like, this is going to grow you, you, you know, muscles or I know it sounds bad, but like sometimes she'll be a little constipated and I'll be like, I don't think you, you didn't eat enough vegetables yesterday, you know? And so she can kind of, stuff, which is totally yeah. true. Like I can tell when she hasn't like, mm, what did you have? Oh, you're just eating cheese sticks all day or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. and yeah. Like this happens. Like we're uh, like, I want people to know too, that like, we're, we're all not perfect. Um, and so even me, there are days that, yeah, my kids don't get very many vegetables in. Um, but we do aim for, um, you know, I cook a lot, so I'm cooking. That's the other thing. Cook as many meals as you can at home. Um, try to get people where when your kids get older and get in activities, it gets crazy and it's hard to have them, you know, sit down at meals. But if you can have everybody at least a couple days a week, you know, sitting down so they're all eating, eating that. And, and like I said, get them involved, get them involved in the kitchen with you. Um, if you have a garden, 
um, when they grow things, they're more liable to eat it. And also when they're cooking it. So I've noticed when my kids think something's kind of gross, um, when they make it, they're like, oh, I made this. I'm going to eat some of it or at least try it. And then just also keep giving it to them because it can take numerous, like hundreds of times for somebody to like something. And they can go through phases. I mean, for five years, they could not like asparagus and then all of a sudden like it. And so never give up on foods. And just, I, you know, just keep, I also would say that it's important not to go into like, if you have three or four kids, giving everyone a different option, because for you, that's more stress on you. And it's just, it's for them, it's not doing them justice. And if they always have that, then they're always going to have the options. And of course we all love options, but you know, if you're a kid, of course you're, you know, going to opt out of the vegetables and, you know, the healthy stuff for something else, else kind Uh, of an old school. That's kind of an old school school parenting technique, Mary. I hear you saying you are the parent. You nourish them with healthy foods. That's the option. And I, and you know, I'm not saying like, here's the thing, you know, occasionally I also always tell my kids too, you know, it's not about finishing the plate, but try it, you know? And it doesn't mean that like never give them other options because like if my kid doesn't like any of it, I'm not going to not feed them that day, but I want them to try it. And if they've tried it, then we'll give them another option, but I'm not cooking. Okay. What do you want to eat? What do you want to eat? I cook, you know, one thing. Um, and, um, I, and then, you know, we kind of go from there and that's, um, hopefully that clarifies a little bit. (laughs) It's, I mean, if I had to theme it, it would be involvement, whether that be in the preparation or just them seeing like modeling you, um, cooking, whether Mm -hmm. it be gardening, whether it modeling, eating as a family, um, involving them in that way, as well as just exposure. Um, so making sure you are offering them the healthy, real foods, remembering (laughs) to do it again and again. Um, and I love your tips about, not being a short order cook in the kitchen. Because to your point, we talked about stress levels with self-care a little bit earlier. Um, We can't be doing that every night, offering four different meals. Yeah. And, you know, I also like to win, especially when they're a little older, bringing in the environment too, you know, because I think that's, and that's one thing I try to do when it comes to some of the food options, whether it's, you know, we choose organic because the pesticides are killing off the bees and they're, you know, not good for the environment. Like, so kind of tying that in because they also are learning things when they do get older. So of course this isn't going to work with your, you know, two year old or three year old possibly, but when they're older, um, that can also be kind of a strategy because they're going to be learning about the environment in school. Um, yeah. I love it. So making it a teachable moment, Mm-hmm. alongside whatever they're learning in school. What a great idea. Oh, Mary, you, you might've, in my mind, I'm like, Oh, we need to do a whole follow-up episode about eating with children. So keep that in mind. Okay. Um, <laughs> Mary, I, um, wow. I want to end with a few rapid fire. I'm thrilled to be chatting with you though. Okay. Um, I want to be respectful of my audience's time, but I really feel like we could talk for like two hours on the kids stuff. Yeah, alone. we probably so. could. <laughs> we could. What advice would you, Mary, give to your younger self? Yeah, so I think, and this 
ties into some of the other stuff we talked about earlier, but I think the number one thing would be to not compare myself with others. Um, I have done that so many times, whether it's like my weight or, you know, my journey as a mom or whatever it is, and just not care as much, you know, be me and not care or, or not compare, but also just not care what other people you be true to yourself. Um, it's so important. Yeah. And I wish I had done that earlier. Yes. And you are wonderfully made you. Yeah. So. Everybody, everybody, you have to know God made you the way you are for a reason, not to be like anybody else to be, but to be like you. I love it. Mary. Ah, boom. There's no better way to end this podcast. Thank you so much for coming on this episode. Oh, I had so much fun, Susie. I hope people um, gained some great information that can be helpful to them. So thank you for having me on. Really great nuggets in this episode. Thank you so much, Mary Whitlock, aka the Crunchy Crusader, for coming on and sharing your personal experience, those great nutrition nuggets, and then also reminding us that we should not be comparing. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. I've got Mary's awesome blog in the show notes. I want you guys to check it out. There are some great recipes and healthy living tips waiting for you right there. Until I get into your earpiece again, remember, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. That's from 1 Timothy 4.8 and this has been the Run Lift Mom podcast. It's time for the Zaya Active item of the week, and this week it's the light and tight pocket hustle shorts. That's right, I said light and tight pocket shorts. Just in time for spring and summer, your favorite leggings are now in shorts. Here's what I love about this the pocket is still deep enough to be functional. Hold the phone! Yes, hold the phone! It can hold your phone! The inseam starts at about three inches and goes up incrementally from there depending on your size. Speaking of size, this is something that you want to size up one in. So if you're familiar with our light and tight leggings, you want to go up a size. If you're not, I want you to hit up the show notes, shoot me an email, tell me your favorite brand of activewear, and I will make a recommendation for you. Real talk. I got my normal legging size in these initially, and let's just say mm, looked like a stuffed sausage up in those shorts. I love these shorts, but you got to get the right size. So the light and tight pocket hustle shorts, the links in the show notes, hit me up for sizing guidance. You're gonna love them. It's no secret that this show is a passion project of mine. It has grown beyond my wildest dreams, and that is because of you. That is because of the listeners, and I owe you a big thank you. Every time I see someone share to their Instagram stories a screenshot of the podcast or tell me that they shared an episode with another mom or a running friend that would appreciate it, it really helps me grow my audience. And now I've connected with folks that are like 
three and four degrees outside of my network, it tickles me pink. And if you know me personally, you know that that pink is a pun. Hey, y'all, if you haven't yet um, gone to Apple and done a rate, review, or subscribe, it really helps others find me. And then any way that you can share on social media using hashtag RunLiftMom, that is also helpful as well. Thank you for helping me grow this passion project.